up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my man, Ryan Clark. Coming up on the show today, we react to all the UFC 295 news. Francis Ngannou did some impossible stuff last weekend. And as always, we tap in or we tap out. But RC, today is the trade deadline, bro. I know you're busy. Thank you for coming down into the dumps with us and giving us an hour. What? Because I know it's busy today, my guy. Man, hush up, man. You know, I always got time for what we do, bro. But it is the trade deadline. And when you look at some of the names that have already been moved, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Joshua Dobbs, this is starting to become sort of like the NBA trade deadline where teams are trying to get better. And I'm sure there will be more to come by the time all the people see your beautiful face. Absolutely. And today is Halloween, so... Happy Halloween. You know, happy Halloween to that everybody was the out least there. Trick or treat. Scary. Ooh, I will, ooh, I've ever heard. I mean, I'm gonna be out there trick-or-treating tonight. You know what I'm saying? Doing my thing. Give me some candy. I'm gonna be at your door. But dude, last weekend, RC, I've been waiting to talk to you about this. Francis Ganu last weekend fought Tyson Fury. There's an idea out there. That Francis Ngannou got robbed. I'm talking from my friends to Damian Lillard to the the masses in mixed martial arts. But as we know, people love to be a part of an angry mob. Do you believe Francis Ngannou got robbed? Rob is a strong word, RC. But do you think he got robbed? so, So I don't believe he got robbed. I don't believe he got robbed. But I believe what happened was Francis Ngannou fought so well. He fought so composed, and also landed the bigger shots on Tyson Fury. He did that in a way that made us feel like, oh, my God, he won. It's one of those things where your expectations are so much lower than the actual success or output that it makes you say, hell yeah, he was above and beyond exceedingly made it clear that he won this fight. But I do believe that it was close. I do believe that it could have gone anyway, that it could have been a split decision for both of these fighters. But in the simple fact of saying that, DC, in Francis Ngannou's first opportunity to box, fighting the Mm -hmm. current heavyweight champion of the world that's still in his prime, that's still whipping people who have been boxing their entire lives like they stole something, is nothing short of phenomenal. And what it also says is Francis Ngannou was right. Francis Ngannou bet on himself. And you know what? I'm going to take that back. Not even Francis Ngannou was this correct. There's no way Francis Ngannou could believe he could step into an entirely different sport and excel and succeed in the way that he did in this fight. For the entire martial arts world, you guys have to be so proud by what he showed this weekend against Tyson Fury. Well, you see that, right? You see Junior Dos Santos, Izzy, Kamaru, the legend Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture. So many great mixed martial artists were in attendance last weekend to watch Francis Ngannou do something that was unprecedented, was unexpected, and really did turn out better than anyone ever could have expected. You know, there's this idea that the UFC is upset that Francis Ngannou did what he did. Why would they be? Francis Ngannou uplifted the entire sport last weekend. Francis Ngannou went out there as a mixed martial arts world champion and fought the lineal heavyweight champion in the world and lost by split decision. I have spoken about this, RC, and... It comes off a little bit like 
I'm saying I thought he lost. I'm hating on I'm not hating on Francis by saying he lost the fight. But I do know that you judge a fight based on rounds. Francis did far more damage to Tyson Fury to the point that I don't believe Tyson Fury will fight in December. The numbers were very close. But I spoke to a guy who's been around boxing his whole life, Kevin Ioli. And Kevin Ioli told me he, he scored the fight 95-94 Fury. Him and I had differences of opinions in the rounds, but I feel like we both came to the same conclusion in regards to the number of rounds won by Francis and the scoring of the fight. But if they went 95-94 for Nganu, I would have never had anything to question. I thought Francis won the third round. I thought Francis won uh, a couple rounds in the middle, like seven and eight. I thought Francis won round 10. I thought Francis won six rounds to four. I thought Tyson won six rounds to four. One of Francis's rounds being the 10-8, which then makes it 95-94 to 94 for Tyson Fury. But make no mistake about it. Even though Tyson Fury won the boxing match, because he won a boxing match. He did not win a fight. He didn't win the fight against Francis Ngannou. Francis won that. He won the boxing right. match, and he won the scorecards. Who That's ultimately lost the night was Tyson Fury. Francis won. Hey, you know what? Hey, you know what that is though. That's the difference between scoring a boxing match or a professional combat match or sport outing and a real street fight. Right, because if we watch it a street mm-hmm. fight, if these two dudes just throwing hands at the club on Bourbon Street, we're like, "Oh, Francis won that fight. He <laughs> did more damage. Yes, he, he dropped did. Tyson Fury." Like that's the way we see it. Like the overall damage that was done is how you judge a fight in the real world, but not in sports. In sports, you have to win round by round, and that's why I'm not outraged by the fact that Tyson Fury won the fight. But I do believe this is so much bigger than that, DC. I do believe that what Francis Ngannou was able to accomplish is far bigger than what Conor McGregor was able to accomplish. Mm. Now, it won't be seen like that stateside, right? Because Tyson Fury is not Floyd Mayweather. Neither is Francis Ngannou, Conor McGregor, from a popularity standpoint, from a charisma standpoint, from the way that they've captivated the world, not only with their skill, but with who they were. But when you look at the matchup of, 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 when you look at the matchup as it just pertains to being in the ring, Francis Ngannou far exceeded my expectations. Though the head movement, the way he used his defense, the way he used his, his footwork, landing the big left that put Tyson's fury down, continuing to stay composed. And then later in the fight, just for good measure, the Superman punch. I thought Francis Ngannou (laughs) throughout that fight got so confident and was like, wait, that's it? You know what I mean? It it, it almost reminded me, and he didn't win the fight like Sean Strickland did against Israel Adesanya, but it almost looked in the middle rounds or like early middle rounds, Francis Ngannou goes, oh, this is all it is? Like no matter how much he hits me, that's all it's going to hurt? No matter how many times he throws, I can always see it coming. Oh, this is not what I thought it was. They told me this would be such a big jump up in skill level as it pertained to striking. But it's actually not. And when you go Mm -hmm. back to the Cyril Gaon fight, 
with Francis Ngannou. Cyril gave Francis way more issues than this, than what Tyson Fury was able to do when it comes to the hands. And so my hat's off to Francis Ngannou. My hat's off to his training. And my question to you is this, DC. After watching Francis Ngannou box Tyson Fury, how do you tell him that boxing in the heavyweight division isn't a better idea for him than fighting in PFL. Yeah. So, RC, to your point, when you said uh, Francis Ngannou won the fight, it's lasting impressions, right? The one thing that we will take away yep. from that fight is seeing Tyson Fury on the ground. Francis didn't yep. get knocked down. Francis didn't have any, like, bruising on his face. He looked good. So, in from a street fight on the corner to a boxing match where someone takes damage and the other doesn't, that's what you remember. And what you remember is how most people will judge a fight. With that being said, Francis did so much better than we expected because we didn't expect much at all. I went on a, a show with Chris Mannix, and I told Mannix, I said, Francis might get knocked out, but we we getting him, right? Because MMA fans are what we do. We ride with our guys. We support our guys when they step into an unfamiliar situation. Francis showed that he can compete. I don't know how you get him to go back to fighting for what is going to be a substantial money loss in mixed martial arts compared to what he just made last weekend. If the mm -hmm. rumors are true, Francis made... 10 to $20 million, right? Pay-per-view is going to determine what that high end looks like. But if the rumors are true, he had a base of that. It will be hard to get him to go back and do mixed martial arts for two to three, especially yeah. if you're fighting guys in the PFL who aren't as known, where it does yeah. really become what do you have to lose and what do you have to gain when after this, there's not much that Francis can gain from going to beat on some of the heavyweights that are fringe top 15 guys. Some of the biggest names in boxing now are coming out and having their opinions on this. Eddie Hearn, for one, said that Tyson Fury embarrassed boxing. Lennox yeah. Lewis said he didn't feel like Francis did enough because you got to take the belt from the champ which is one of the most absurd things. I hate that. To beat the champ, you got to take it from the champ. That's absurd. Two guys into a ring or a cage. Rounds. Whoever wins, wins. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely, RC. Yeah. Whoever wins, wins. Tyson Fury walked into the arena and said, I've had a diet of ice cream and McDonald's. So if you, to your question that you asked me, did he overlook him? When you hear the lineal heavyweight champion of the world say, I've had a diet of ice cream and McDonald's, and he weighs in at 280, something we've never seen him yeah. do before, I think that yeah. answers the question. Tyson Fury did look past Francis Ngannou, and there was a moment in that third round where his eye, when he hit that floor and he got up and he realized, oh boy, this has gotten really real for me when I didn't expect it to. Yeah, and that's what it is, too, when you think of Tyson Fury not only saying that that was his diet, we know he had another fight scheduled. We talked about this weeks before the fight that <laughs> when you already schedule a bout, that means you expect to take no damage. You don't expect for this to be difficult, and you'll be ready to fight a couple of months Later, that's already saying I'm looking over Francis Ngannou to say that it was a diet of ice cream and McDonald's 
That's to further say <laughs> you were looking past Francis Ngannou. When you're a guy in Tyson Fury who's not just one of those dudes that's lean anyway. It's not like Tyson Fury just walks looks, around in shape, right? The dude is built like, like Butterbean. Yeah, you know what I mean? So like if you, Dumpty, man. <laughs> yeah, so if you think he's going to come out and do that, like you definitely looked beyond him. But I do believe it's embarrassing to the sport of boxing, or we can look at it at, that it's encouraging to the sport of mixed martial arts. And you said something to me a long time ago when these guys were face to face in the ring a while back. You said, I'm going to give it to you. You said, mm -hmm. you said that. When Francis Ngannou steps into the ring with, with Tyson Fury, that Tyson Fury doesn't, like, like that it wouldn't be close. That Francis Ngannou wouldn't mm -hmm. be a fighter that could match the skill level of Tyson Fury. And it was totally different when you watched that match. Mm-hmm. It was totally different. But, RC, I'm looking through my phone right now because... I'm trying to ask you about this because you said it could be very encouraging for the mixed martial artists. But now we got Devin Haney calling out Sean O'Malley. We got dudes calling. Are you interested in all that, though? Are you interested in the crossovers? So, or does it kind of get to a point so where it's like, know, you know what's You know what's crazy? It's, it's always a compliment to the mixed martial artist if he's being asked to box true professional mm -hmm. champions. Right. So Devin Haney isn't calling out Henry Cejudo. <laughs> he isn't calling out Algermain Sterling. He's calling out Sugar Sean O'Malley because as a boxer in mixed martial arts, he's known as one of the best. The best. Max Holloway would be a guy I could see stepping into the boxing ring because he's a former boxer. And that is heavily what he uses as his primary skill inside the octagon. But. I'm only interested in certain fighters or mixed martial artists doing that against certain boxers. It's not every boxer I'm going to want to see fight a mixed martial artist and vice versa. Yeah. But Sean, Sugar Sean and Devin Haney, I'd absolutely watch that. Why would I watch it? Because <laughs> after watching Vasily uh, Lomachenko fight Devin Haney, my first thing goes, oh, he could be touched. After watching Sugar Sean fight everybody, I say, and when he touches people, they get touched, right? And so I say, well, I will watch it. I would still think that, that Devin Haney, I would still think that Devin Haney would win a boxing match against Sugar Sean O'Malley. Though. Yep. I'd still pick it. Mm -hmm. I'd still bet on it. But I'd watch it. But you wouldn't watch them all. Like, I think the, the, the thing is now is that for mixed martial artists, it's the bigger fight. It's the bigger payday. It's more exposure. For boxers, it's kind of sort of like lose-lose, right? What did Tyson Fury gain from this boxing match other than money? Nothing, really. And it mm -hmm. almost cost him his belt. He like, lost. Yeah, when you look at right now Francis Ngannou, you could say that he's a top five heavyweight in the world in boxing based on his outing against Tyson Fury. <laughs> Dude, the WBC said they're going to put him in the top 10 rankings right now. He's 0-1 in yeah. WBC said they're going to rank him inside the top 10 because of the way he fought Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, yeah. he, like you said, RC, he just got money, right? He, it 
hurt him so much more because I do believe that he loses the Usyk fight. I don't think they'll fight in December, and I don't think he should fight Usyk right now because I don't know if he has the time to prep himself to be ready for a guy of that caliber. I mean, Usyk, is, he's a slick southpaw that's going to give him problems, and he's still young and he's good. It, it's going to be a lot. But that starts to tell me, what should he do next? And I start to question, what if they fought again? What if they just yeah. run the Francis Ngannou fight back against Tyson Fury? And if they do, what would that look like? Who would that favor? Would Tyson Fury them take him serious? And if he does, do we think that he could get Francis on there? Or do we believe that because of the confidence that Francis Ngannou gained in that boxing ring last weekend, he would be even more prepared to fight Tyson Fury in a rematch? It's like there are so many questions now. But the one thing that can't be questioned, and this is just me telling the, the, the 100% truth, I saw Francis Ngannou out-wrestle Cyril Gane because he couldn't beat him in the striking. Then I saw Francis Ngannou go in there and fight the lineal heavyweight champion of the world and be competitive. Some people thought he won. What can't be questioned anymore is that Francis Ngannou is the baddest man walking the planet. Because in a wow. free fight, I don't feel like anybody wow. can beat him. And maybe John Jones, but we saw him beat Stipe. I don't know that uh, anyone else beats this dude. Maybe the only one that could fight him or compete with him in a free fight is John Jones. And that's why we wanted to see that fight so badly. But to me, after see, but what I also do know is John Jones could not go fight Tyson Fury in the way that Francis Ngannou just did in a boxing fight. So when you ask me who's the baddest man on the planet, to me it's Francis Ngannou. Tricky, tricky Daniel, I see you. I see you, Daniel. What you mean? I see what you're, I see what you're building here. Right, picture this. No, I mean, I want to see him. Mm -hmm. DC, DC, picture this, right? Okay. Let's, 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 let's ignore let's ignore the rematch or give the rematch. Right now, you're saying Francis Ngannou is the baddest man on the planet. The only person that could possibly beat him is John Jones. John Jones returns in eight months. He fights Stipe Miocic. He wins. He's now, he's now beaten the greatest heavyweight of all time in the UFC, Francis Ngannou, who is right now the Babe Ruth of combat sports. He's calling his shot. Yes, yes, he's yes, pointing yes. wherever he want to point because yes, yes, yes. Francis Ngannou gets what he wants. Francis Ngannou somehow brokers mm. the deal to mm. fight John Jones mm. after John Jones oh, fights so Stipe Miocic. Oh. It's like the mm. brawl for it all, bro. It's the... It's the, the rumble in the jungle. The sumo, it's, it's it. It's the rumble in the jungle. Like, I was about to try to make <laughs> some sort of educational word for it. Like, the sumo cum laude of fighting, right? It is the valedictorian <laughs> of the fight world. Yeah, yeah, no, when no. you look at Dude, that fight, bro, and, like, I think that's, oh that's what we should be working towards. That's what the world should want. And, and when stop. you look stop. at John, we got to stop what, D.C.? We got to stop hoping. We got to stop hoping because they're only going to let us down, RC. It's going to let us down. They're not going to be able to make the fight. RC is going to break our heart because right now you got me sitting in my pants. I'm squirming. It's like it's like <laughs> I'm a woman at Magic Mike, double XL. I'm dancing, sitting in my chair. I can't sit going, still. Bro, bro. Doug. why did you pick a woman at Magic Mike? Doug, what Doug was, listen. Doug, where did listen. that come from? I'm excited. I'm like... I'm just sitting here like this, like, oh, my goodness, I would love to watch that fight. I wouldn't want to see anything more. But RC 
It's just going to be a tease. They are not no, going to give happen. us the fight. We cannot go down this road. It's going to be a tease, RC. It's going to break our heart, too. It's going to break our heart. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, DC. But I do think um, when you look at the rematch, I think that Tyson Fury trains more. I would have to think that Francis Ngannou – I don't know if Francis Ngannou trained for this fight with the true thought he was going to win it. I would have to ask mm -hmm. him that question. Mm -hmm. I would think he trained hard. I would think that he wanted to be in this fight, that he thought he had a puncher's chance. But I don't know if he trained with the mindset, I can go out there and outbox Tyson Fury. I believe he feels that way now. I believe that his coaches would yeah. feel that way now. I believe that that would amp up this training camp. This is almost, and, and even though a belt was on the line, DC, this was an exhibition, right? This was... Yeah. Supposed to be Ivan Drago, Apollo Creed. That's what it was supposed to be, <laughs> it right? Was. And it turned and it turned into the first Rocky when Rocky fought Apollo, where it was a freaking dog fight. Mm. And so I think in the yeah, next was. fight, I believe Francis Ngannou would be a better boxer. I believe Francis Ngannou would be a more okay. aggressive boxer. So it would truly be, what's the difference between a Tyson Fury that has trained? For a championship fight versus the Tyson Fury that thought he was going out for a walk in the park that was going to be a sparring session for his next fight. And so I would love to see this again. And I think if you're Francis Ngannou and they're going to pay you 10 to 20 million for this one, they pay you even more <laughs> to see it again because now there's some sort of belief you can win. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise canceling headphones, meeting free Fridays. Well, what about selling with Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch at your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autograph apparel or selling sleek skis. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dcrc. All lowercase, go to shopify.com slash dcrc now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dcrc. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. That was a spe- it was such a spectacle. And it was just like when Apollo came out dancing to James Brown. It was a spectacle, bro. The only thing Francis was missing was like a lion coat like the dude on Coming to America whenever he walked out towards the ring. But Ryan, you know, dude, the boy from Africa. <laughs> yes, Yes, that's what I'm saying, bro. I was hoping Francis was wearing like a lion's cape coming out there looking like the king of Zamunda on him. But it was amazing to watch. It was insane for Francis to go out and do what he did. Tyson Fury also will have to bounce back. Let's see what happens. But RC, we went from the greatest heavyweight boxer of this generation fighting against one of the best UFC champions that we've seen in heavyweight to now getting to UFC 295 where we got a replacement. And I say this in this regard, RC. I don't know if this fight is not better. Because sometimes when you want something, right? You always have, remember when you wanted your Jabot jeans, RC? You're like, Mama, I need some Jabot jeans bad. Please, Mama Hook, give me some Jabots. Hey, you wanted some Jabots, right? But then your mom said, like, they got this, this brand called Z Cavaricis. They're the same. They are the same pants. Hey, Slater. And everybody's wearing the Z. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wearing the Cavaricis. <laughs> but then they're wearing the Jabos. You want the Jabos. So when you get the Z Cavaricis, you're a little let down. When in reality, it might be better. Bro, Bro we might have so fallen stupid. in love with the idea. <laughs> I'm just saying. We, we might have fallen in love with the idea of John Jones versus Steve Miocic for what they've been to the game. And we may under overestimate the value of the fight because Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall might be a better fight. DC, but DC, because you're we wrong. were looking for DC, those this go- is Jabos. You're wrong. I'm saying you're wrong right now. You are wrong. The 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 how the the Super Bowl is it the Super Bowl, and we aren't excited about it just because they gave it a name. We're excited about it because those two teams are supposed to be the best in the world. They're supposed to be two of the best teams that's ever done it. This is the Super Bowl. Yes, but Ryan, Steve you're Baby building, Ocic but you're and building, John Jones. You're building, 
You're building this Super Bowl over the course of an 18-game schedule. We haven't seen Steve A for two years. How do we know what we're going to see? It would be like it would be like it would be like saying the Bengals don't have to play no more, but because they did what they did two years ago, they're back in the Super Bowl. That's DC. It's not saying that because it's the fight game. It's the same thing that we were all screaming when John Jones set out for three years. What's John Jones going to be like? John Jones is moving up. You know what he's going to be like? He's going to choke the mess out of Cyril Gaon. Cyril Gaon <laughs> is going to look like a little baby fish flapping outside of the water dude, when John Jones get into the octagon. Yes, dude. Steve Miocic built his resume, built his career, built his reputation on greatness. And I just don't yes, – it's, it's, yes. it's not – it's not, it's not football, right? It's not football where I got to have, like, this training camp and maybe get some plays in, and now I got to warm back up into it. Like, when you, when you fight, you become a fighter, bro. And the, the muscle memory in which you guys have, the way that you step back into training, especially when dudes like you have a goal, especially when, especially when dudes like you are relatively healthy, Y'all been doing that junk your whole life, bro. Like, it's not – Stipe Miocic is not going to all of a sudden be poop, right? You're acting like he's not going to be good. And even if but John Jones seeing... beats him, and it's, not a, and it's not like this competitive matchup, if Stipe's at the best he could be right now and John Jones is at the best he could be right now, that's a great fight. That's a fight that we're interested in. Like, what you're saying is can, can apply to any UFC fight, D.C., we can see number 18 in the welterweight fight number 19 in the welterweight, and because they're closely matched and because they're exciting, we could get a great fight. But it wouldn't matter to us. It wouldn't move us. Like, D.C., here, D.C., okay, let me try this. Let's try this. The Bears, right? The Bears. Okay, okay. Very bad football team. Yeah. Yes. Correct? The Raiders. Yes. Very bad football team. They just played, so this is not like a truth. Let's say both of them got together, and in their awfulness, oh, I got it better for you. The Giants and the Jets, both of them are terrible. In their awfulness, they played an overtime thriller that was won because Zach Wilson threw the ball up the field in overtime, and they got a pass interference. But he did have two great throws toward the end of the game to kick a field goal. Right? To tie it, a mm-hmm. whopping 10 to 10, DC. It was 24 yes. punts, DC. But it was a riveting yes. finish. Yes. That game sucked. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because they yes. suck. It didn't matter that it yeah, was but close. That, but that's the thing, though, right? It didn't matter that it was exciting, but, DC. <laughs> mm-hmm. It didn't matter. But RC, you got to Let's see the best on the best. But RC, we're not giving. But you're not getting the Jets and the Giants, RC. You're getting Pavlovich versus Aspinall, two of the best heavyweights in the world. And I'm my my what I am implying to you, RC, is that I know what you're implying. We don't know who Stipe is today at 41 when we haven't seen him since 39. I'm not saying he's not going to be the same guy, RC. I'm just saying that now we have two young, hungry lions fighting. For a portion of the heavyweight championship. I know that if I tell you, RC, I got Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz, you don't care that they might not be the guys that they were before. You'll still tap into it. Right now, I don't know if the world is looking at the Miocic Jones fight thinking, 
boy, this is going to be amazing. But it, was it going to be amazing in 2015, 16, or is it going to be amazing today? That's all I'm saying. What I do know is that the new main event at UFC 295 is going to be amazing today because these two young heavyweights are unbelievable heavyweights. And I know you're not saying they're not. I'm just saying that it's, it, be it's hard to make those comparisons. It's going to be an amazing fight, and it might be a better, more competitive fight than Jones v. is. I, you, I know, and I don't want to say you're right, but you're right, okay? Okay? I said it. You're right, DC. It could be see? more exciting. See? And, and they're really good see? fighters, he too, DC. Right. He said I'm right. He said I'm right. But I he wanted the right. About time. I didn't want the Z Cavarici. He wanted the <laughs> I wanted the Jabos. I wanted the jeans that the hot boys wear, not the jeans that AC Slater wears, okay? <laughs> Just because they got a tag so you, across the zipper don't make them the same. Okay? So That's wanted, what I wanted. So but, you wanted but so, so you wanted you wanted you wanted the in fight. You wanted the fight that that you want the glitz and the glamour. So you're one of those guys. You want the glitz and the glamour. I get it. I get it. DC, can I ask you a question? Because now the heavyweights aren't even the main event. Hey, so before we move to Almeida Lewis and what this means for the heavyweights, can I ask you a question, though? Right. I never had your you boobies. had. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, but you had really good fights that weren't always yes. championship fights, right? But all of your championship yeah. fights we were locked into because you were the best in the world at times, but always one of the best, mm -hmm. fighting one of the best mm -hmm. of your peers. That's what made those fights yep. interesting. And, those, and there were fights that you dominated, but it was always that fear mm -hmm. of somebody who's a household name to us, somebody who we hold to this level, right, that we have on this tier, maybe fighting somebody that's just mm -hmm. on this tier, but it's close enough and scary enough that one of our idols, right, one of our role models, someone we look up to in the game could fall. Or they could rise to the occasion again. No matter who wins Pavlovich, Aspinall, we won't get that feeling. Because they haven't done enough to hold, that sort of, to hold that sort of cachet in our emotional bank account. There was going to be somebody that, that cried, that cried on the night of Stipe John Jones. There was mm -hmm. going to be a fan that felt such a connection to one of those men that it made mm -hmm. them emotional. We might get a great fight between Aspinall and Pavlovich, but it ain't going to move me. It ain't going to make me feel away. I'm going to be like, mm -hmm. man, that dude's a good fighter. Right? When I watched Izzy fall to uh, Alex Pereira, it moved me, bro. I had, I had a feeling about it. Yeah. When I saw Leon kick Kamaru, I had a feeling about it. With Habib, Choked out Conor McGregor. I had a feeling about it, bro. Like, those moments. Bro, take it back. When Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson, I was the saddest little kid oh in the goodness. world. <laughs> oh, right? My goodness. All the grown folks, pulled, pulled, they pulled their money together so we could have a fight night and watch that fight. That junk broke me. You see what I'm saying? Like, that, mm. is, that is different, you know? And, that's, and so without and RC, that, DC, that, and what that, is this and that right here, go ahead. And that right there is why I love doing the show with you, because of that perspective. Because that's why I love doing the show with you. Because that's a point where, for me, I look at I don't have that type of connection to those fighters. My friends, obviously, but like 
If I'm I'm watching the fight for the two best dudes, and I'm like, well, these two dudes, I don't have that that like you said that 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 in in the bank emotions tied to these fighters to where I leave with that emotion of it. But I do when you make that comparison to Mike Tyson. I remember feeling empty and stomach, my stomach inside hurt because one of my idols had went down in a way that was never expected. And when those yes. guys leave the octagon on November fifth. They haven't done that yet, but it could be the jumping point for them to at some True. point invest in people and make that connection True. with people to where they do feel that. So, yes, I do get it now. I get what you mean by Miocic versus Jones because they've been around since 2009, 10, 11. And in all those yeah. years, you've seen them work their way to the top, become the champion, the baddest man on the planet, fight guys like me and everything, and go in circles with all the best so you are connected. I get it. And also, it is now the co-main event to Yuri Prohoshka versus uh, Alex Pereira Alex because Pereira. it's an interim title yeah. fight. But, yeah, that's a, that's a great point, my brother. But there's another fight this weekend with another young heavyweight that is going to, at some point, you would imagine, challenge for a, cha a championship. Jailton yep. Almeida is fighting Derek Lewis. Jailton Almeida is a bit of an outlier in the heavyweight division because he makes his money not on the feet, Ryan, but on the ground. He submits yep. everyone. Derek yep. Lewis fought me. I was able to submit him. You could not stretch your imagination far enough to believe skills are what Jailton Almeida Second round TKO, sub, 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 TKO. What value can you take from the fight this weekend? One, if Jailton Almeida is able to submit and beat Derek Lewis. And on the opposite side, if Derek Lewis somehow beats this young, hungry lion in Brazil, does Derek Lewis once again become a player in the heavyweight division? Ryan, or are those days past the Black Beast? I feel like the days of him becoming a major player are over, but I believe this gives him the next fight against someone who could become a major player. And then if you win that one, it keeps his name ringing, and maybe he gets one of those Sean Strickland-like opportunities at a championship. But for Jayotin Almeida, this is the next step. And you wonder what this next step will mean. Because if you go back... In Derek Lewis's career, not the last fight because he was able to win, but before that, he was on a stretch where he was getting put down, DC. Like he wasn't just losing, right? People were walking through Derek Lewis, which we had never seen in our lifetime. We had never seen since he become a fighter. And so I think that this is one of those fights for Almeida. You gotta say, I've arrived. You gotta say that a guy on his way out can't beat me. But if you're a Derrick Lewis, it's time to show again that when these hands touch somebody, it's a stinking problem, right? Because you think uh, Ty Tuivasa, Sergey uh, Pavlovich, uh, Sergey Spivak, like all of those fights, Derrick Lewis was dominated. A second round TKO, first round, first round. It's his time to show I'm not all the way done, but for Jayotin Elmeida, this is a must win, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a must win situation for the young guy to have an opportunity to fight a former challenger for the heavyweight championship on multiple occasions, a guy that holds the records for knockouts in the UFC, and a guy in Derek Luce who seems to be more locked into his training and his career than he had for a long time. I, be, I believe it's a 
crossroads fight for Jailton because whether or not he wins and wins impressively, it will tell us exactly who he is expected to be in the heavyweight division for the long term. And for Derek Lewis, it gives him an opportunity to stay in the organization where he's made so much money and made a name for himself. Derek Lewis was on his last fight last time. And I felt like if he lost, they might have got rid of him, but then he got a first-round knockout. He has always struggled with the wrestling and with the ability to get to fight takedowns and stay upright. He's going to have to do that over and over again this weekend if he wants to beat Jailson Almeida. Could uh, Almeida be next up for the Aspinall Pavlovich winner if he wins this fight in impressive fashion over Derek Lewis? You know what's crazy, RC? I was thinking about that. Because Stipe said they never gave him the option to fight in the interim title fight, which is very odd. I think they're trying to just make sure they keep the John jones Miocic fight for whenever it happens. But I do feel like there's a world where one of these guys does defend that interim championship. Because think, November, they're saying Jones is out at yeah, least eight months. You got time. That takes him all the way to next summer. These guys may fight now in three, four months down the line, have an opportunity to fight again, because even if they do, they're still not fighting Jones or they're still not fighting Miocic. So the heavyweight championship is going to be defended by a third party as we wait yep. for the two greatest of all time to fight and determine who the heavyweight champion of the world is, Ryan. It's a crazy time, dog, and I cannot wait to get to New York City next week. But, R.C., I know it's trade deadline. I know you got business. It's time to tap in the tap out, my brother. Let's go. Jake. All right, guys. Hamzat Shemaev suffered a torn ligament in his right hand during his win over Kamaru Usman. Now, knowing the severity of the injury he sustained, DC, tap in or tap out, your perception of Hamzat's win changed with this news. No, no. You know, I, 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 I tap out. I don't. My perception doesn't change. I still thought he looked pretty impressive. I mean, he beat one of the greatest welterweights of all time. So it's, it's hard yeah. for me to, to go back and judge it again, considering I was impressed with what he did. But what I do believe now is that boy Drake is Duplessis might just be getting that championship fight. I might have done it twice where I thought somebody fumbled the bag and they ultimately collected because, you know, I said that about Francis. Dude walked around last week with a fumbled the bag bag during the whole buildup to the fight with Tyson Fury. Yeah, he didn't fumble it back. Francis scored a touchdown like Bo Jackson with that bag. But uh, my perception doesn't change of Hamzat Chemaev either. You hear all the time of these elite-level fighters fighting through injuries and finding ways to win in impressive fashion. He's also fighting a dude who I just read saw Jorge Masvidal in the club like 12 days before the fight. So this was a great outing for and it's and if healthy, He's a dude that should get a title fight. If not, he can get the opportunity at the Drakus Duplessis fights, Sean Strickland. I guess former champion Robert Whitaker recently stated he would like Kamaru Usman to stay at 185 and calls it a fight that interests me. RC, tap in or tap out on Usman versus Whitaker. You know, I tap in on this fight. I tap in on this fight because I believe it gives Kamaru Usman an opportunity to have a training camp knowing he'll be fighting at 185. And for Robert Whitaker, it doesn't make him fight a retread, someone he's fought already, or have to go down in the rankings to fight a fighter that doesn't have the cachet or resume that deserves a trip in the octagon with Robert Whitaker. And Kamaru Usman, you say, hey, look, I'm here. I'm a player at 185 for the twilight of my career. I tap in. I tap all the way into this fight. I think it's a big fight, and I think both of these guys deserve to walk to the octagon in massive fights every 
single time. So if they're not fighting for the championship, they should be fighting championship-level fights. So I'm all in on Kamaru Usman versus Rob Whitaker. BMF title holder Justin Gaethje told our marker Monday he is willing to wait for Islam Makhachev. However, Max Holloway came out and said if Justin changes his mind, he'd love a shot at that BMF title. DC, tap in or tap out on your two best friends facing off. <laughs> I tap out of it because I don't want to see them dudes fight each other, but I tap in that it would be an amazing fight. But hey, Max Holloway is one of the nicest human beings walking the planet. And for the first time, him being that nice cost him. Because now Justin Gaethje is saying flat out, I don't want to punch Max Holloway. Insane. It's insane that his goodwill to the world has ultimately cost him a chance at the BMF championship. But for me as a friend of both, I don't mind it. That's crazy, DC. I tap in on the fight, on the <laughs> fight being out on the fight being just phenomenal and exciting because both of these men are willing to go to the ends of the earth to inflict pain on their opponent. But I also kind of just don't want to see it because I love them both. I like them both. And what do they win other than a belt that's made to let people know that they're bad mother efforts when the whole world already knows? <laughs> I guess an <laughs> MMA promotion called Clout MMA put on a fight between a 50-year-old mom and her 19-year-old son's ex-girlfriend. The mother knocked out the ex-girlfriend. What? RC, tap in or tap out, knocking out your child's ex. I tap all the way out on this, bro. Like, I don't know about this. I do, I do not want to see Yank in the ring with one of Jordan's or the octagon with one of Jordan's ex-girlfriends. I tap all the way out. This is not okay. Look at the left hand, I tap bro. In. Are you serious? <laughs> DC, he RC, slid her off, she slid her off in, her RC. feet, bro. No, dog. RC, you ain't punching on my child. I tap no. in RC because... I tap it because she got one of them long T-shirts with the black pants like the women wear. You know, that's somebody mama, man. You can tell that's somebody mama because she got them, she got the spandex shorts on with that long T-shirt. You know exactly. Bro. That's somebody mama. Bro, she dressed like she finna go chaperone a field trip. Hell no, man. Hell no. Come on, Corbin Jake. I tap it, dog. All right, guys, last one. Over the weekend, Flavor Flav was asked to sing the national anthem at the Milwaukee Bucks game. Here's a little piece. And bright stars through the perilous fight for the ramparts we watch were so DC, tap in or tap out on Flavor Flav's anthem performance. Can I be honest with you? I tap in because it was it was better than I thought. It was it's again the expectation versus the reality. I expected him <laughs> to sound worse than a woman at the NBA All-Star game. He didn't sound that bad. Fergie? I'm sorry. You I said tap in. Fergie's Fergie. a professional. Yes. I, I tap, I tap in on it. I tap in on it because Flavor Flav actually did okay. Like it wasn't that bad for Foofy Foofy. It was the flavor of love. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It wasn't hey, bad. Or DC it wasn't man, bad. I appreciate you. I appreciate you hanging with me. 
today on trade on trade deadline day. But here's the thing. There's a rumor that you might be hanging around Mount Laurel, New Jersey next week. And if you are, we have a spot for you on Inside the NFL. And maybe we can fill D.C. and R.C. together for the big event in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I would love that. I would love nothing more than that. And you said you want to ask Francis if he did this. I'm pretty sure we're going to see Francis and Gano on the pivot very, very soon. So don't act like you ain't already started to get the interview done. Guys, every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast, you get DC and RC. We're on YouTube, ESPN Plus, and now ESPN2 at midnight Eastern every single week. We love and appreciate each and every one of you. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's Ryan Clark. Until next time, peace.